Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Pop Podcast, where we have conversations to help improve your points of performance when it comes to training. On this week's episode, Britt and I debrief on the Australian weightlifting state titles that took place here in Queensland. We talk about my experience as an athlete, but more importantly, how it felt as a coach for the first time having two athletes compete that weekend as well. Amy and I, Everett, also get to mention as we talk about her conversation with Matt Fraser and the juicy knowledge bombs we took away from both those incredible minds. Today's episode is sponsored by True Coach, the official coaching app of the Points of Performance podcast. Are you just scanning through the episodes being like, what episode is this? I am 100% trying to do that right now. I actually have no idea what episode this is. We can edit that in later, but it's me me and Brit. Yay. Yay. And it's quite ironic too. Like this is the busiest week of work, but I was just like, let's just jump on here and chat because we chat all the time anyway. So I'm like, we may as well record it. I know. And I feel like we always have those conversations outside of the podcast and we're like, oh, we need to talk about that on the podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, the best thing. So was it like Wednesday or something where I'm like, I feel like a piece of shit. And the, the takeaway from that conversation, and I was like, this would be a great podcast episode, but I'm just going to sum it up in like 20 seconds <laughs> where you were talking about like, it's okay to be super critical of yourself and always want to be better and be working on all your weaknesses, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But you should never walk out of there feeling like a piece of shit. Like mm. you should always, you know, take the silver linings and and again, like this will be a podcast episode for another day because you haven't listened to it yet. But I just finished listening to this amazing chat between Amy and I Everett and Matt Fraser and they say the same thing. Like silver linings, look for the bloody silver linings every time you leave the gym. Like if you're in a shitty gym, be like, cool, this is where I build grit and I'm still mm. going to get my workout done and I'm still going to do it. If you're in the best gym ever, be like, this is the science lab and I am going to you know, drill everything because I have everything at my disposal. And I was like, what a cool way to look at it because how many times are you like, well, even before I moved here, I was like, oh, I've got to train at 5.30 again in the morning. What the hell? But it's like, okay, cool. You are going to become adaptable and you can train at whatever time you want. But yeah, these are just the in-depth conversations that we have on a regular basis. <laughs> I know. I feel like if people would be like, you guys have pretty hectic conversations. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, like yesterday we were talking about Botox and then like five minutes later we're like telling each other, you know, about our life stories and yeah. like how does it get here? If you think know. the tangents on the uh, – the tangents, the, the tangents, tangents on the podcast are bad, they're like even worse in the group message. So, so much worse. Um, they're uncensored in the group message definitely as well. Does Matt get annoyed? Luke sometimes like, oh, I thought you were talking to me, but you were just talking into your phone. Oh my God, <laughs> all the time. Or he, or I'll be playing something. He'd be like, what did she say? What did she say? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you didn't like it. Okay. You either want in or you're out. You want out. <laughs> um, uh, I think like for like what you're saying on the Amy Everett and Amy, what, how, do, what, how do I say her full name? Amy Anaya Everett, but I always Amy just thought Anaya it was Amy Everett, but yeah. then she always talks about herself or introduces herself as Amy Anaya Everett. And for anyone who doesn't know, she was the first Australian, Australian, American, American female Olympic, well, sorry, Olympic weightlifting coach at the Olympics, which is pretty awesome. But that's another thing she talks about. She's serious? like, I don't want to be known. Yeah. She was the very first. And she said there's only been four others worldwide other than her, which is pretty cool. I did a story last week actually with two coaches over here in the US who um, played each other in a men's college soccer game. Mm. So it was the first time ever that two female coaches coaching men's teams had ever played each other. So that was pretty cool. Um, And I've been talking to, and then I interviewed another girl from Australia who became the first male basketball coach to coach in international competition. But the sad thing is the whole point in doing the story was that they're still such a rarity mm. and like how can they continue to break that glass ce- ceiling but um anyway back to amy um she was talking about how yeah that's a great achievement and that's what everyone knows her for but she doesn't want to be known as just that she mm. said i'm just as proud as and she used um someone that she coaches she was like um i'm just as proud of 
a mum who the other day snatched 35 kilos. And she said, I just, my heart was so full that day. Like, because here's a woman who has an hour every day in her garage to get after it. She puts the kids to bed and has spent the last, you know, I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple of years. And when she snatched that 35 kilos, she's like, that's as big an achievement for me as a coach and an athlete Mm. um, than coaching at the Olympics. Yeah. I think that is something that um, is also very rare uh, attitude, I guess you could say, or mentality Mm. towards athletes, um, especially for someone who has gotten to such a high level of coaching. Um, And it's something that I really admire about her is that she doesn't, the amount of effort that she puts into her top athletes is the same amount of athlete uh, effort that she puts into just her general pop athletes or, you know, you know, like the, yeah. the woman lifting and it doesn't change. And that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, I don't care if you're snatching 25 kilos or if you're snatching 125 kilos, the fact that you're doing it at all. And like, you know, you want to get better. That's the only thing that matters. And that whole attitude and like I've been following her for so long I've been you know mm. before she had Maddie Rogers before all of that she's always been such well she was an athlete herself yeah she's beforehand. she was a an Olympic lifter herself and you know she I guess she you know she understands a whole attitude around you know competing and what that feels like and you know I feel I guess similarly as well you know so she, yeah she's a, it's definitely a conversation that I'm going to go listen to because I think, yeah, she's got a lot of wisdom um, and just like a good outlook on training and, you know, how to approach that as well. But I think that's one of the common misconceptions about lifters and um, poor you, speaking of our message, you woke up to like a barrage of me being like, oh my gosh, I trained with the lifters today at the gym. But today I was like, it was the first time I've ever realised, like I find lifters super intimidating to lift with because Mm. I'm just like, oh, you know, you guys are awesome. Never once, I don't know why I have that mentality that it's like, oh, I've only got 40 kilos on the bar. Today, the two people who invested in me the most, like literally a guy was doing 140 kilos for triples and he came over and was like talking to me about my Mm. lifts. And I was like, he didn't care that I only had 40 kilos on the bar. And I think that's really cool about weightlifting and what us CrossFitters all need to like fucking wake up and smell the coffee. Like Mm. they're not judging us. They're not, Mm. they're not. The fact that you're actually investing in weightlifting, they're like, cool. Yeah. You want to get better? Cool. I think because we all know how hard it is to get better at it, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's hard to get good at anything, you know, but when it comes to weightlifting, it's so. It's next level. It's so full on. And, you know, there are still plenty of times where to like myself, elite athletes, you know, you fall victim to being like consumed by it and it like mm. can be really hard to kind of overcome that like mental barrier of like, you know, a certain number on a lift or, you know, how that lift felt or, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like because it has to be so perfect, if you're not meticulous with what you're doing, you just – you you're always going to stay at a certain point and then it becomes like an obsession on trying to fix that and then it's hard to not be consumed by those things and it's something that probably I've like I guess in the last six months really battled with with my clean and jerk and it's like trying to overcome that whole like I've hit a certain number before I struggled to hit and I like you know I've had a bunch of instances where I've done it on the platform, but I've either not gotten it or it was taken away from me or, and it, it becomes like now this mental thing in my head where I have like, you ba- you battle with it in training and then you just try to like, mm. pe- and so people are like, it's just a clean and jerk. And I'm like, yeah, bro. It's so much better. <laughs> Amy talks about that. Amy talks about that in her conversation and about what, um, how she trains herself mentally for those moments. And, like, mm. you know how everyone has, and you've talked about this before, you have those weights that you're like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, as soon as that 
weight goes on the bar. And for a lot of people, it's like, you know, the first time you put the blues on or the mm. first time you put the greens on or something like that. And she had this really cool, um, I don't, I, this isn't verbatim, but mm. she said, you know, if it's a weight that I'm scared of, I'm just backing myself in. I have those thoughts and you can't be like, oh, don't think about it because, mm. you know, you thoughts there. She used the analogy of mm. like, you know, if someone cooks brownies and you're like, don't eat the brownies, don't eat the brownies, don't eat the brownies. And all you're thinking about is the brownies. Mm. So she's like, of course you're going to be like, okay, the blues are on, but you need to be like, but you know what? I have been so consistent with 80%. I have been, my extension has been awesome on my pools. And if there's ever a time to get it, it's now. Yeah. Like, and she just had this really cool, like self chat. And so it's a really good way to spend 50 minutes. I'm not saying that you have to sit down and listen to the conversation. Um, you can watch it on YouTube or it's, I sound like an ad for them. Mm. Like double tap and subscribe, <laughs> uh, but it's a very good conversation. And it's also a really good segue into all the things that we wanted to chat about because we have both been a bit busy and you've been on holidays. Mm. There have been so many things that we wanted to talk about on the podcast. Let's go like back, back. Mm. So you just went on holidays. Mm. Um, and sorry for that beeping. If you can hear that, that's just my mom messaging me because I've just started crocheting. Anyway, another tangent that we're not <laughs> going to go down. Um, your competition right before your holidays. Um, I wanted to talk to you first about competing as an athlete. So the first day mm-hmm. that you had, you had States, how did it all go? Um, it was good. I had, I guess, leading up into it, I had gotten really sick. It was probably about five weeks out. I got really sick. And I'm not talking like I didn't have COVID. I think I had like fucking bronchitis or something like that. But I was like. It's like when people get colds now, you're like, oh, I didn't know they still existed. Yeah, like, <laughs> what's that? Um, yeah, I got like, I just was coughing, like the worst cough. One point, there was like two nights where I literally could not lay down. I had to sleep on the couch sitting up because if I laid down, I would just go into nonstop coughing fits. Um, so it was like a really shitty two weeks. It was at least two weeks. So I didn't train for just five weeks out from States. I didn't train for two weeks um, leading up to it. And then I had a week where I still felt like, fucking dog shit <laughs> like like I'd started training again but I remember I put like I think I wrapped like maybe 85 kilos for a front squat and I just immediately started coughing just from having the weight on my chest and it's like I didn't have a cough anymore but I don't know what some sort of residual sickness was still left it felt over. like you were sick for ages too I kept being like oh it'll only be a couple of days and like a week later I was like I'm running out of like encouragement <laughs> for ages yeah and it was the encouragement bag isn't empty yeah it was so it was mentally that fucked with me I think a lot as well but then um the last two weeks I felt fine I you know I came back I hit certain numbers and I was like feeling good like feeling normal again um, I knew it wasn't going to be like a record-breaking um, uh, competition for me, but I like knew I was like at the very least where I needed to be to qualify for nationals. Um, so yeah, I um, lifted as a 64, and I think because I knew I had to qualify, I was I wasn't I actually wasn't nervous like the days beforehand, like I felt fine. Like, you know, Mm. I actually, I didn't taper for, um, state. So I didn't like back my training off. I just trained through, um, in the hope that I was going to qualify for nationals. And then I would continue my training on from that point. So it was just going to be like a heavy lifting day. Like a max out day. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I trained pretty heavy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and then I think I had Thursday off. I trained normal Friday and I had, oh, oh sorry. I trained Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I had Friday off and then I, um, uh, lifted Saturday, uh, morning. Yeah. Lifted Saturday morning and, um, I lifted as a 64 and I, for the first time ever, I've not had to like diet or restrict my food I think I just didn't have almond milk in my coffee which was fucking crazy to me what do you think it is is it just like things are in sync at the moment or sleep 
sleep. Yeah. I'm getting way more sleep than because I stopped coaching early mornings, um, which by the way, all the people at ducks that were, like train in the morning, I miss all you guys heaps, but the early morning starts, I think contributed like over a long period. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years mm. and I guess when my training gets to like a certain peak, I just, the peak of my training and like sleeping only six hours or five hours a night, it just, it just gets to me after a little while. And, um, so I just, if I get any less than eight, I'm just not functioning. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I've been so used to it, but I'm like, Mm. I just can't, I just couldn't keep doing it. I just didn't want to keep doing it. And so I stepped away from coaching mornings and by mornings, I mean, I'm just not getting up at 4am anymore. I still get up at like, yeah. like 5.30 or, you know, quarter to six to train clients either at home or at the gym. And I, but that like extra hour, hour and a half of sleep, like consistently yeah. over like four days, like makes a really yeah. big difference. And um, I honestly think that that's legitimately because I've changed nothing else. Like, Mm. Nothing else in my life has changed. Like I still work the same amount. I still, you know, train the same amount. I still, nothing else has changed. I literally have just been getting more sleep. So I, I, anybody who's not getting enough sleep and they feel like they're plateauing or not getting the results that they want, sleep more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like first time ever I've not had to do anything to cut. I just literally didn't have almond milk in my coffee for three days. It's crazy. Um, And I woke up like 33, uh, 33. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Um, 63. You did the mini. (laughs) I don't think my leg weighs 33. Um, 63, um, 63.3, I think I weighed in. So I just ate as normal. I um, And then I went to weigh in. And I was like totally fine and I felt fucking awesome warming up. My snatches felt great. Um, But the second I went to go for my opening snatch, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm so nervous. And I – It's such a mind – like I'm honestly here. I've only lifted on the platform once or twice maybe. And I have done live crosses to hundreds of thousands of people and I reckon lifting on the platform is more nerve-wracking. Yeah, I think like – I don't know, just a combination of knowing that I needed it for nationals and that I had been sick yeah. was just like, it just kind of fucked with me. Whereas like, I think if I just mm. had like a normal training cycle, I probably would have been fine. I, like I've never, yeah. I'm like, I mean, for snatches, I'm not ever normally shaky or anything like that. In fact, like I went out for my first lift and oh, I nearly fucking lost it. Like I got it, but I like ran it forward And um, I was talking to one of the girls afterwards and she's like, I've not seen you do that in a really long time. And I was like, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. But I hit my first lift, I got it. And then I came out and I smoked my second one. So I went 78 for my second. I went 74, 78. And then I tried 81, I think. And um, yeah, I just didn't quite didn't quite get the 81 again. I mean, I, that's the first time I've attempted that on the platform, but I mean, it's still there, you know, I'm just still know it's there. Yeah. I've got it. Um, and then I, um, was warming up for my cleaning jerks again. I felt, I felt, I felt really good. Like I felt mm. awesome warming up and doing everything and didn't miss any of my warm up lifts, hit everything good. Um, I went out for the first one. Again, a bit shaky, but a solid lift. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, and then I went 87 and I went for my second lift at 91. And I just fucking do what I do every single time. And I just I bitch out. There's like literally no other word for it other than I fucking just don't back myself and I don't commit to it. And I just fuck. If you watch the video, if you saw the video, you'd be like, how the fuck did you not get that? I just didn't get it Mm -hmm. anyway. So cleaned it, didn't jerk it. 
And then I went and I went back and I was like sitting, waiting like to go again and on the little silver seat. Yeah, on the little silver seat. And- <laughs> I'm like, can you just give him a nice chair? Like it really gets me. It's like being in the playground at school. I'm like, they're so uncomfortable. Like, why would you not give them? Oh, you're not at even. Least, like it doesn't have to, I'm not, I'm not, it's not, it doesn't have to be a lounge chair. Like even just a plastic chair, yeah. not a silver seat where you feel like you're, anyway. Honestly, you don't even think about that. Fuck, I don't even think about that. Um, but I was like sitting there and Eb just looked at me and she was like, what the fuck? She's like, <laughs> go out there and fucking jerk it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Anyway, I like, I was like, I just, it's, I just, in my head, I was like, you fucking, like, you idiot. Like, are you going to do this again? You're going to fucking do this again. How are you going to come back here and you're going to do the same thing that you've done so many times? I was like, you're not fucking doing it. Anyway, I went out to the platform, cleaned it, jerked it. I got two white lights. Was so happy. I was fucking so happy. If anyone was there, you saw it. Everybody celebrated. And then the jury took it away from me. They gave me three red lights because my elbow wobbled. And we need to go back because so I've never known that there was a jury. Mm. And so I don't know about anyone else listening, but I dead set, like, all I'm thinking is, like, law and order crime drama like there's actually 12 men and women who were like waiting there and they're like no but how so how does it actually so you have three judges once it's directly in front of you and then two to either side of you and they make the Mm. call they watch the lift is the head judge in the middle um it's not a it's not like a head judge it's just a they've all got like a they have to have like a state level or national level refereeing um qualification um, to be able to be mm. there. So it can't just be like, oh, mate, fucking Cheryl from down the road. Yeah. You have to have actually done a course. You have to have done everything. So you have to be qualified to be there. Um, and then behind them are three other people and they are the jury and they can overturn if they believe that the lift was not good, they can overturn it and um, say that, yeah, it was not like in fact, it was. It's not like it. you just got. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We should. We'll put the video up on our um, Instagram so people can see it. Uh, it was tough. Like, sh- did it? Was everyone like to you? Oh, you were hard done by. It? Yes, but also yeah. I can look at it and I can see why I didn't get it. So it's not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like like in my head. I'm like to me, and even you know, Eb said this to me. She was like, "You did it." Like. For all intents and purposes, you fucking did it. She's just like, they were fucking savage on you. And um, you can only see it when you slow the video down. That's, that's how close it is. Um, But you know, that's, that's, that's the sport. That's the sport. That's why when people are like, you know, when someone's like, why does it have to be perfect? Like, you know, why are you so hard on yourself? This is why. This is why <laughs> because you yeah. you can't have any inkling of, of weakness or you know and 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 it's hard and it's it's like mentally like so just a lot a lot on your fucking brain all the time. Anyway, so But I love that Eb said that. It goes back to what we were talking about beforehand though. Like now you can confidently be like I can do this. I've done it before. And so no more bitching out. Exactly. And that's what I just have to remember. And, you know, I'm in the process of like working on some things mentally with Eb. She's like, I'm sick of your shit. (laughs) She's like, you're just fucking, she's like, you're so goddamn strong. And you just, the thing that is letting you down is your head. And I'm just like, it's, that is a frustrating feeling to have, like knowing I know how strong I am and I know what I'm capable of. And like there have been, you know, like conversations that I've had with her and she's like, I don't understand why you think you can't do it on the platform when you've done it in the gym so many times. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why my like brain is registering that. I don't know why it goes that way or, you know, I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to, you know, so there's some stuff that I've, 
And are there things that you're actually going to do like to, not, I don't want to say mental training because that sounds so woke, but to actually try and fix that? Um, well, yeah, like I've, I'm probably going to sit down and have a talk with her. She's currently in Melbourne at a training camp. Um, and I'm just going to talk to her when she gets back just about, yeah, all of that stuff. Because I mean, if there's anyone you want to talk to, it's a Commonwealth Games athlete. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, they're up there (laughs) and she is, you know, a whole reason why I like training with her and, and being around her is because she is got like a mental fortitude, like I've never seen before in my entire life. You know, that girl has like been pushed down by Australian weightlifting and a lot of other, anyway, it's a lot of political shit and she has come back fucking raring every single time and she's been in competitions Mm. with way less desirable situations than anybody would want to be in and she has just fucking absolutely um, skyrocketed and pushed herself through. So it's, for me, it's about trying to um they're the people you want in your corner and they're the people I guess that you want to learn from and um you know Mm. and again everything that I take from her I try to give to you guys because it's all relevant you know and you know there's going to be and again yeah I was going to say that's what we've been talking about like how much you give to me and your other lifters like I only wish you could give that to yourself but that's hard that's really hard and to be like like the confidence you instill in us, it's hard to instill that in yourself. Yeah, well, so it's good to have like, a, you know you know how when you were a, a young kid and you had to do those um, tests and it would be like apples are to oranges as blah, blah is to blah, blah. So like what you are to us, yeah. you need that yeah. too. Everybody does. That's what Everybody you need. needs that, yeah. you know. Eb has it for her as well. Like she's got a coach yeah. that she works. Like you – I mean, there might be one or two people in this world that don't need those things and they're, you know, they're amazing, fucking incredibly mentally strong and capable, but like competition is hard and it's emotionally, you know, it's a big emotional roller coaster, and you just never know. And life happens outside of the gym as well. And, you know, you go through Mm -hmm. shit in your life and things happen and stresses occur and all of that stuff affects your performance and your ability to actually like show up and do stuff. So you have to take a lot of things into consideration. And I think it's easier for me to see it in somebody else and help them address it than it is to see it in myself and self-correct. You know, self-correction is hard regardless of what you're doing. You know, that's why coaches have coaches and coaches have coaches. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. you know, you need, you need somebody who isn't emotionally invested. No, well, not not emotionally invested, but we are so emotionally tied to the things that we're doing that it is really hard to separate ourselves. Are we? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's really hard to separate yourself from that, and especially if you're a critical person, and like, and you know, you want to be better, and you want to be all of those things. It's really hard to step back and be like, oh, okay, like. Oh, I'm going to be really rational about this right now. Yeah. It's just you you can't. You can't do that. Everybody is like they have some sort of emotional connection to it and sometimes you just need someone to look you dead in the eye and be like you can fucking do this. And that's it. Like, do you know what I mean? And you know, it's for me, I feel like being and I had you know had this conversation with you being a trainer you constantly give that to other people but there have been very few people in my life that have given it back to me and you know you are one and Liam is one and Ebony is definitely one and it's I think trying to find you know the people that you feel like give you that to help you know push you through the times where you really can't or you can't believe in yourself or you don't believe in yourself, you know? So it's like nobody is invincible and perfect and can do it all on their own. You need people backing you to help you get through yeah. that stuff, especially when it comes to performance. Yeah. Um, speaking of, then when you – so you had your comp mm. and at the same competition, then you put your athlete hat mm. away and put your coach's hat I on. Did. How was that? I feel like – I feel like you've upped your game in coaching, like, 
even in, since I've been away, like you've got so many more clients mm. and also like, I don't want to say clients that are like really giving it a good hot crap. No offense to the other people who used to, that sounds terrible. All of your clients used to give it a, have been giving it a red hot yeah, crap. But competitively. But even more so. Yeah. yeah. Lately. Um, yeah, I think I, um, I haven't done anything differently. I just think in my head I am a certain way and there have been people that have, you know, I've come across where I'm like, you know you could do this on a platform. You know you could qualify for X, Mm. Y, and Z. And some people don't want to. Some people are like, oh, yeah. They're like, no, I'm just happy doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't feel like I need to compete. And I'm like, cool, just keep training. And then there are some people like, yeah, what? I could do that. And then, you know, it sparked that interest in them. And obviously one was Candice and one was Liam and they both went to States and they qualified for States. And then at States, they both qualified for nationals and they both placed on the podium. That's so cool. They both came third and it was a tough fight for both of them to get those placings. They both had to absolutely exceed what you know they had ever done before and they fucking did they showed up and you know Liam P beat his snatch he got 115 kilo snatch and um he that's so cool like I don't think people realize like to PB oh. your lift under those circumstances it's hard and man so, like, we I've we logged on because you were like, oh, no, you can't watch it online for yours. And turns out you fucking could. So we stayed up late. Luke was staying here this weekend, that weekend, and we stayed up to watch Liam and we're, like, laying in bed watching it. And, like, it makes you realise how much you care for someone when I was like, okay, just chill. Like, as he walked up to the the thing, I'm like, literally on the other side of the world and I'm like come on Liam you can do it you can do it <laughs> he cannot hit you whatever he but can feel it just like can feel concentration it. and I was so like I can't imagine how you felt but I was just like so proud of him I was like that's my friend like he just and I can see as well because I've been away and like don't see him training and grinding every day like he's always been good at lifting but you can just see like he's come leaps and bounds in the couple of months of working with you. And that's also another thing that encouraged me to work on my lifting, like seeing him do it. I'm like, him, he's just investing the time and like really targeting his training to that. And look at the bloody results. Yes, he has absolutely been amazing. So he also PB'd his clean and jerk as well. So he didn't. He PB'd both leaves. Mm -hmm. So he and not just a platform PB like life PB. life PB. He got two life PBs on the platform, and that's that's what like that's what I saw in him when when I had the conversation with him, and I'm like, you should lift, you could do this, like blah 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 blah. That's what I can see, and you know, same thing. Like I can see that in him, but I can't. You can't see it in yourself. You know, it's really yeah. hard to to have that like ability to do that anyway I can see that in him and I'm like he is such a on the day performer like there's he he very very narrowly missed a 119 snatch and he very very narrowly missed a 150 kilo clean and jerk so like he he just he he brings it on the day and that's Mm. that's again like an energy that you want to be around and that's something that is really it's hard to do because how do you put your nerves aside and just fucking show up 10 times harder than you've ever shown up ever before whenever you're comfortable and you feel good like do you know what I mean so his his performance was like absolutely incredible Candice was exactly the same so she is someone who ha- very similar to me, I guess, in the sense that is like, someone's like, you could do this. And she's like, no. And I'm like, you can fucking do this. Yeah, you yeah, can. You can actually do this. And um, so she, uh, she didn't get any like lifetime PBs or anything like that, but she got massive platform PBs. So she snatched 78 kilos 
um, and very narrowly uh, 78 or 77 kilos. Sorry, she snatched 77 kilos. Very narrowly missed 80. Very close miss on 80. And then um, she clean and jerked 100 kilos. And, <sighs> yeah, she went – this was – she. so she had to get this 100 kilos to get her third place. And um, – she just smoked it and she just fucking like so she cool. attempted it and got pressed out, like got done for press out. Um, and she, she's like, I don't understand. I'm like, you're going to fucking go back out there and you're going to do it. And you're like, you know, and she just, she did, she fucking did it. And it was amazing. So she, she fought for that and she, she got that. And um I mean, yeah, there's big things for both of those guys if they continue to work as hard as they are. What I've noticed too is like your – what I think is so cool, how passionate you are about your own training that really seems to translate to your coaching as well. Like do you have a – I don't want to say a preference, but – you know, how do you switch off your mind from being the athlete to the coach? And how is it that you can get, I, I, I don't know, I'm like, how, how are you like Amy in terms of, you know, you can devote yourself to your training, but getting so much satisfaction or not just satisfaction, but um, you get so much back from people just giving it a red hot grow and, and working with your athletes? Um. It's just a feeling, man. I don't know if it's like because I was just fucking meant to be a coach. I don't know. Mm. I just like the thrill of seeing those guys lift and like don't get me wrong, I'm fucking nervous. I think if you see any of the like video, I'm like sitting there at the side, I'm like, oh, my God. Like I can't even hold a phone to film them. I'm like that nervous, you know. Not nervous because I don't think they can do it. I'm nervous because I know they can and I just I want that for them, you know. And so it's like I think definitely the fact that I lifted before them meant that I could like give them a hundred percent of myself. I think having to lift after them, you know, not that I wouldn't give them a hundred percent of myself, but having to lift after them would make that hard because you have to conserve a certain amount of energy, but also at the same point, like at the same time, like their success, like feeds me, it makes me feel excited Mm. and pumped and like really just a hundred percent like ready to go, you know? So Um, I think it's just, it's just a vibe that you feed off of and you can either be like deterred by someone else's success or you can be fucking pumped up by it and want it. And, you know, there are definitely people that can't look at somebody else doing really well without feeling bad about themselves. And then there are people that can watch someone else absolutely fucking slay and be like, that's what Mm. I want. I want that. And I think I'm just the latter. I'm like, it doesn't matter if, if I'm working with someone and they fucking PB and it's like a 50 kilo snatch, it doesn't matter when someone PBs, I get so fucking dude up. I'm like, I'm like, I want to go lift right now. Like that whole vibe, just it, it gives, it feeds me energy. It doesn't, it never takes away from it. I wanted to just like say a little piece though, in relation to that. And if there's anyone out here listening to the podcast, I definitely try to get you to change your mindset because it was a game changer for me. I used to resent other people's success. I used to be like, that's so unfair. Like I'm working just as hard as they Mm. are. And like, you know, you'd see, or you'd be like, oh my gosh, her basket must. Anyway, the day that I changed my mindset to like, I can now literally look at other people and even people who are at the same level of as me and then like maybe getting certain skills or something like, you know, now they can string 10 bar muscle ups together and I can only do Mm. three. But the way that I've changed my mindset is like, Oh, cool. If they can do that, that's on the way Mm. for me. Like, you know, and again, you've been really helpful in changing my mindset to that. Or even Luke is like, once you stop looking around and resenting other people's success and celebrating other people's success 
it's so liberating and you just no longer compare yourself to other people. And like I'm talking, this has been like a couple of years. It was probably when I first started. I was just like, why is everyone else getting so good around me and I'm just so crap, you know, we're all doing the same program, whatever. And now I like couldn't care less what other people are doing and it is the best thing. And I think you're a really good example of that. You can celebrate other people's success and because the thing is, in no way does other people succeeding diminish your success. It doesn't have anything to do with it at all. And when you real, yeah, when you realize that it's like, Oh, that's it. And like, and then you can actually genuinely be happy for other people. And I mean, that's a life lesson. That's not just in the gym, but in my job, it's very big as well. Like if someone else gets a, a job ahead of you or something, Again, you can a lot of people get bogged down in because it's quite a competitive industry being like, hey, what the F, why did she get that job? It's just kind of like if you look at things critically, yeah, it's just it's uh, the only word I can think of is liberating and it doesn't make you feel like a piece of shit. I think, <laughs> I think that's what happened like when, you know, I changed the way that I felt about all of that stuff was like, you know, I used to be like, yeah, same thing. I, you know, I had the same mentality. Why are they doing it? I'm doing the same as them. Like, why are they better than me? Like, blah, blah, Mm. blah. And then I was just like, wow, I'm fucking miserable. I'm so miserable. 100%. And I don't feel good about anything. And it's not a nice trait either. (laughs) Like, if we're honest, yeah. It's not a good energy to be around. Nobody fucking wants to be around that. I don't want to be around you fucking complaining about how somebody has something that you want. and you're like, you deserve mm. why? Like, if you deserve it, then work for it and you'll get it. But yeah. it, like nothing nothing is given in the world of sport. You like nothing's given mm. freely. You have to fucking earn every single thing that you want, right? You know, some people it yeah. comes a little bit quicker, but for the most part, they still have to earn their certain level of success. And you cannot mm-hmm. sit there and go, you deserve it more than anybody else because you just don't, you know? And I just stopped comparing myself to other people. And I, again, like same thing, like a lot of this came back to like social media as well and watching other people on social media and being like, how could she do this? And I can't, and, or, you know, whatever. And, um, I just was like, Oh, Social media doesn't matter. Like I use it as a business platform and that's it. Like it's, it's people would sit there and say, you know, oh, you post all the time or whatever. And it's just, it's for my business. It's a way for me to showcase what I do. And that's literally it. It has no merit. It has no value or upholding in how I value myself or anybody else because Mm. that's all it is. And when I changed my attitude about that, I saw a really big shift in my attitude change in the gym. And, um, yeah, I started valuing, um, you know, uh, like progress in my own training, um, like being able to kind of view like technical improvements and all of that as like beneficial and, it just gave me more energy to focus on myself instead of worrying about fucking everybody else. Yeah. And I think as well, once you start um, drilling in techniques or working on something. So the gym that I'm at right now in DC, I never want to leave. It's so good. Such a good environment, but everyone there has been doing either lifting um, because there's like a barbell club or, cross it for a really long time and I think when I used to be like oh where's that person getting that skill it was because I didn't understand the years of work that it takes to get good at something like um it's not just like an eight-week program to get your first bar muscle Mm. up or you know and it was once I started to be like okay I want to get good at this and I started working on it realizing how long it takes then now when I see people who are really good at it I'm talking almost 10 times out of 10, probably nine times out of 10, but you go and talk to that girl who's really good at bar muscle ups. She's been doing them for 10 years and sorry, 10 years, maybe, maybe, maybe five, but drilling them. And Chelsea's a great example. She's amazing at handstands, but she decided in her CrossFit journey, 
like, hey, I want to get really good at handstands. So she started working on them. And so the day that you're like, you see other people and you're like, that person's good because I bet you they've worked on that. Yeah. And then you recognize that and you're like, and you know what? I'm going to do that too. Or I'm going to, you know, not judge myself and be like, oh, at the end of this eight-week cycle, I better have Mm. blah. It's like you'll be able to see. And, again, I feel like we keep just circling back to that conversation because I just listened to it today. But um, Matt Fraser and Amy talk about how you might come to the end of a lifting cycle and your snatch, you missed what you've PR'd before. But during that cycle – you can now hit 90% any day of the week. You are winning. And so it's like stopping putting these markers on everything and like I'm guilty of it still. So I'm like saying this out loud. So I try and convince myself of it as well. But like your marker doesn't have to be that 110 kilo back Mm. squat or that, you know, perfect ring muscle. I, I don't know. But it could be the fact that, you know, again, you can do it do it any day of the week, like a, a ring muscle up. You might not be able to do five of them, but you're doing it without a chicken wing every yeah. single time. Win. And, like, you're just going to keep working on it. And that eventual goal, the one that you wanted, will come. But you got to take little wins when they come because they don't come very often. <laughs> but in saying that, what I love about you as a coach, and we talk about the silver linings, mm. I feel like, the silver lining for me at the moment is like, I'm starting to see it in myself. Yes. The mind muscle connection isn't there. Mm. And so I'm like videoing every lift being like, I'm so bad, but I'm like, at least I'm thinking about it Mm. and I'm thinking about what I need to do. Yeah. Like today um, I got the giggles because I'm really trying to use my lats in the, again, we don't want to call it the pool, but the first part of the lift Mm. and one of them yells out right before my um, snatch, lats, lats, lats. And all I could think of was that song, shots, 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 shots. <laughs> and I couldn't do the lift. I like just started laughing. And he's like, what? I'm like, have you heard this song? Lats, lats, lats. And then I had to like literally walk away from the bar and like G myself up again because I was like, lats, 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 let everybody. <laughs> so now anytime that someone like gets up to the bar, they're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but Moral of the story is let's learn to use your lats. Mm. And then the best, I forgot to tell you this part of the story. As he was leaving the gym, I was doing my bar muscle ups and he's like, got to use your lats. I'm like, they're bloody everywhere. Yeah. I think like the thing to remember when it comes to, you know, your training and everything like that, it's like, and I say this to you every single time. You're like, like I showed you what you were doing, you know, the issues that you were having with the full movement and I said, like, you know, look at this, look at that. I make you aware of what's going on. But then I also, we you know, we watched your, you know, your pulls or, you know, where we practice the first phase of the lift and they're perfect, mm. right? And that's what I said to you. I'm like, these are perfect. What you're doing, the work that you're putting in with all of the pulls, that's paying off. Continue to do that and that will translate to your lifts. It might not happen as soon as you want it to, but it will. If you mm. keep the intention and the standard on those pulls, it will translate. It will. That's the whole point. Yeah. And as you know, this is again just me like going off on a weightlifting tangent. But if you want to get better at weightlifting, learn how to pull or learn how to, you know, perform the first phase of the lift properly and with good intention. Mm. Every like this is the whole pull thing that we're talking about right now is that. Everybody thinks that the first phase of the lift is a pull. It is not. It is a push with your legs. And I try and hone this into everyone. And someone that made me aware of it was Ebony. And somebody who preaches it, who is very well known, is Michaela Breeze. She's a commentator for the Olympics. And she's also an Olympic and Commonwealth Games weightlifter herself. If we played her voice, people would be like, oh, it's the lifting lady. Yes, correct. Yeah. she's Her voice is iconic if you've ever watched weightlifting. And when she... When she started preaching this, I was like, oh, my God, she's so fucking right. And we've, I've spent majority of my – being like, pull, pull. And it's it's not because as soon as you put something in your hands – Grip it and rip it. Yeah. Ugh. And it's like 
that's not how the lift is done at all. It's not mm. done at all. And if you stop thinking about the first phase of the lift as a pull, which will naturally incline you to use your arms because you want to lift the bar from the ground and you turn around and you start thinking at, of it as a push where you drive down into the floor with your legs, I guarantee you even that small change will make a really big difference in your lifting. But that's the crossover with the pool and that's what we were talking about but oh man I've noticed that since you took away my arms I'm like I'm all arms I'm no push yeah and it's not uncommon it's not something that everyone's mm. like oh I'm so t-. It's fucking everybody does it everybody does it you know yeah. so it's it's just a process of learning and you're at that point now where your pools are looking really good they're looking really good and you're going to continue to build your confidence with those and then eventually it will translate. Mm. There is like, even though it doesn't feel like it's there in the full lift yet, it will be because you're holding that standard Mm. in the pools and you're doing it and you're doing it with good intention and you are focusing 100% on getting better at it. And that's the main thing. One of my new lifting mates, like we did the snatches and he was like helping me with them and then we pulled and then I turned around and he goes, why don't you do that? Exactly. I was like, I'm trying, yeah. okay. But again, like so encouraging and yeah, it's it's a very weightlifting is a really cool community. Mm-hmm. And um I find it, if I'm honest, like I'm still very intimidated. Like going the lifters were like, Hey, lift with us on Saturday and Sunday. I was driving to the gym and I was so nervous. Like I had to do a nervous poo when I got there because I was just like, and then in my head, I was like, you do this every day. Yeah. Like, why are you being such a wally? Yeah. And they, they don't care. They're more, I mean, they do care in terms of like, they're helping you out, but they're more preoccupied with what they've got to do too. So like, don't flatter yourself enough that people are like, oh my gosh, did you see what Brittany just did? Yeah. They don't care. No like one cares. they actually don't. The f- and the day that, again, when I used to teach body attack, I always used to say that pe- to people, don't flatter yourself. No one else cares. Mm. No one cares what you're doing. Mm. They're too preoccupied with what they're doing. Yeah, and that's a to give us tough. The, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but the fact that you're there, like anybody that comes to the weightlifting class at Ducks, I'm like the fact that you're here trying to learn. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter that you mm. don't look like the Olympic athletes that you watch on instant Instagram or fucking social media. Like the fact that you are here learning and practicing and putting in the time and the effort, that's all that matters. That's all that matters with anything that you do in the gym. It doesn't matter if you want to get better and you're putting that intention out there and you're trying to learn, you know, and you have that mindset, it will pay off. It will pay off. But if you sit there and think, Oh, I'm good enough or this is okay. And you know, I'm the best here or whatever. That's enough. I don't need to be any better. I don't need to work on any of those things. Then of course, that's what you're going to get. You're just going to get the same shit. So I think um, like for anybody who gets like insecure about weightlifting or anything when it comes to like learning something or getting better at something, even if you've like gotten to a certain level, I think for most people they're like, but I can do that weight. And it's like, but yes, you can, you can do it hundred percent. You can do it but you can't do it the way it needs to be done. And you can't do it the way that it needs to be done in order for you to get better. So you can either continue to do that weight like that and not get any better, or you can go right back to the start. You can forget about the weight on the bar and you can focus on just improving your movement. And then, you know, that weight that you can do, but couldn't do any more of, you can probably do five kilos heavier than that. And it's being able to put yourself in that mindset and forget about what is on the bar. Forget about what's mm. the weight that's on the bar. That's what I mean. Like how many times have you stood there? I'm still struggling with that a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm still not getting it. Mm. And there's nothing on the bar. I can do so much more than this. This is crap. Mm. But I'm like, well, imagine when you can actually use your legs. Look how much bigger your legs are than your arms. Mm. And so that's what I keep trying to tell myself when I'm like, watching back that video and I'm like, I'm not doing what Rianne's telling me at all. Mm. Like there's the bar is still leaving mid thigh and I'm bending my arms. Cool. With 35 kilos. Awesome. The hard, you know, I get so annoyed. The hard part with, I guess, programming as well is like, I obviously give you percentages to work off of. And so you're like, but I've got to hit the percentage. You don't, 
you don't need to hit the percentage. Yeah. And a really good alternative way, I don't use RPE in my regular programming, but a really good alternative way is to use RPE, which is called rate of mm. perceived exertion. And so if I tell you to do something at 60%, I want you to do it when it's a 6 out of 10 hard. Does that yeah. make sense? So if we look at percentages, mm. 0 to 100%, we look at RPE 0 to 10 10 being the hardest, zero being the easiest. I, if I put down 60%, it should be 60% hard, you know? Mm. Um, so that's a good alternative for people. If, if, if they're getting stuck on like hitting percentages and hitting a certain weight and then not feeling the improvements that they want to feel when it comes to like their technique, because the weight is still probably too heavy to be doing those percentages then I encourage you to try and use RPE and you know, that keeps you like, it kind of keeps you in check with like how hard something should feel or, you know, um, what your body is capable of doing more so than Mm. what you did on like in like a perfect scenario or with like adrenaline at a competition and you lifted this max weight. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, for a lot of beginners, I will give them like the RPE standard, not because they, they can't do the percentages, but often because Mm. sometimes them wanting to hit the weight, trying to separate them from just trying to hit the percentage instead of actually trying to do it properly, um, Mm. is very important. So that's something that you could definitely try if you wanted to, (laughs) You know, confession time though, you know how I sent you those snatches today? The last one was when I got honey dicked and I did 85% instead of 80. And then I went back and I missed the last lift of the complex at 85. And then I went back and did it 80 and it felt awesome. And I was like, should have stuck to the program. <laughs> but also I was lifting with a lot of testosterone who were like, you could do more, yeah. you could do more. Yeah. And <laughs> so I did and I couldn't do more. And listen, Fucking, it happens. That this is, you know, yeah. yeah, we're not invincible. But it's annoying because I was feeling okay, yeah. and then I missed one. And because I don't miss a lot, because we're only working in that like sixty to eighty. Yeah, I haven't missed a snatch in ages. Mm. So you saw my little hissy fit because I was like, I never miss. What? How did that? How did I miss that? Mm. And then I got shitty and I tried it again. And then I missed the second lift of the third lift of the complex. And then I was like spiraling. Mm. So I went back to the weight that I was actually meant to do, and then it was fine. Yeah. So like lesson learned. I should go to detention. Yeah. Rian's lifting school detention. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just like, I understand that not everybody is ab- as obsessive as you or I or Liam or whatever, you know, yeah. there are some people that don't have 30 minutes to just practice with the barbell. That's cool. Practice three minutes with the barbell, put the intention, yeah. in, you know, like feel what you're meant to be doing. Same thing with like, bar muscle-ups or anything or handstand walking or, you know, just showing up to the gym, just show up. And if you like, that's, you know, that whole James Clear thing, just show up to the gym. And then if that's all you've got for the day, go home, but create that, like that habit and create that, like, you know, muscle memory for your brain to just show up and do those things. And it'll, it'll pay off in the long run. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I changed my mindset a very long time ago as well, thinking that I could get results in a certain allocated time slot. It just doesn't fucking happen. Like, yeah, everybody stop putting a time frame on what you want to achieve and just do the work that needs to happen in order for you to get there and then you'll get there. And it might take a year and it might take two months. You don't know. But just do the work and focus on that instead of focusing on how long it's going to take you to get there. And you'll probably get way more out of the experience. You'll enjoy it a lot more and you won't feel this like ever impending doom, like building on you. Like you've got to get to a certain standard, you know, and sometimes that can happen a little bit with like competing and stuff like that. You're like, I've got eight weeks. I've got eight weeks to be better. And it's like, no, you've got eight weeks to just do your best there's a difference, yeah. you know? So, um, and again, it's a, it's a, always a process and it, it's, you know, people are always at different places in their journey and it, it's not something that's like easy to just do. I don't do it myself. You know, I still have those same issues myself 
because you care and you want to invest that time and energy into everything that you do. But you just, you have to have these conversations with your friends and you have to listen to these podcasts and, you know, talk to different coaches and, you know, get those perspectives and it just, it helps. I feel like that's a good time to wrap Mm. when we give ourselves a plug. You have to listen to these kind of podcasts. So that's enough for today and we'll see you all next (laughs) time. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, I, I just encourage everybody to start. Just start and just to focus on moving really well and everything else will come. Also, don't forget to go follow us on Instagram at Points of Performance Podcast. And also you can email us through uh, points of performance podcast at gmail.com. Make sure with Instagram, you turn on those notifications, stay up to date with all of our upcoming episodes and guests. Uh, I also wanted to just do a quick shout out and thank everybody for the support that we've had so far. We're so overwhelmed with how many of you guys are actually listening to us. Um, We have some sponsorship links that I'm going to put in the description down below, but you can also find in our link tree on Instagram. And the more that you guys use these links, the more it supports us and the more we can continue to bring you guys awesome episodes with great guests. So thank you for everything so far. And until next week, guys, see ya.